I'd like to read Psalms 11 and 12. Short little Psalms, but real jewels. Again, all of Scripture is God-breathed and wonderful, but uh, I think it's okay to call these two Psalms jewels. Uh, Psalms 11 and 12. And <clears throat> after the sermon, we will sing Psalm 11b. And uh, correcting the bulletin, uh, the name, the title above the psalm in, in the hymnal is The Lord is My Refuge. Uh, <clears throat> would, would have loved to sing both 11 and 12, but the melody for 12, I think, might be unknown to you, and it's difficult. So we'll just sing sing Psalm 11 after the sermon. <clears throat> well, I read God's word and urge you to receive it as God's word. Psalms, Psalm 11. To the choir master of David, in the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to, the, to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of men. The Lord tests the righteous. But his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall see his face. Psalm 12. To the choir master, according to Sheminith, I think I said that wrong, a psalm of David. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts, those who say, <clears throat> with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Because the poor is plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. For you, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl. His vileness is exalted among the children of man. God grant us his grace and blessing. 
through our reading of his word. <clears throat> well, the theme this evening somewhat repeats the theme of this morning, but from two Psalms instead of Hebrews. <clears throat> have you ever heard somebody, I expect you have because I know I have, have you ever heard somebody, or maybe you've said it yourself, say, all is lost. The wicked are winning the great spiritual cultural war. We might as well just find a hole and play safe. Ever hear people say that? So it's, it's almost a theme on Facebook, I think. <coughs> well, in Psalm 11 and Psalm 12, we find uh, such counsels of despair. But we also find an answer from the Lord through his servant David. I, I, I'm accepting the claim of Davidic authorship here, but whoever the Holy Spirit inspired. <coughs> Subtitle for this message would be from 2 Corinthians 5-7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, <coughs> Let's look at the counsels of despair in these two Psalms, 11 and 12. Or we might say, walking by sight. In Psalm 11, verses 1 through 3, we have a description of how things looked, how things looked to David's friends and advisors. Summarized, we might summarize it as saying, there's no hope. Let's just run away and hide. Your enemies are out to kill you. They're stronger than you are. They fitted the arrow to the bow. What can you do? And then this line, which is a faulty premise. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? That is in the mouth of his advisors. What can we do? Rhetorical question. Nothing. We're helpless. Now there's truth to that, isn't there? But how often have you heard that line, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Used to rouse Christian politically minded people to exert themselves before the foundations are destroyed and uh, save the country from the barbarians. Well, let's look at Psalm 12, the counsel of despair there. I don't know that it's a counsel of despair, but it's an expression of despair. Uh, This is how things looked to David when Psalm 12 was written. The godly one is gone, and the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor, With flattering lips and double heart they speak. That is a grim picture. The godly have disappeared from society. They might be around somewhere hiding. We can think of Elijah running from Jezebel, calling upon God to take his life. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me. And the Lord says to Elijah, no, there are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. 
but the appearance is that wicked liars run everything. And that is kind of the appearance of things today, isn't it? That people who use lies to advance their cause, they run everything. They engage in deception. They boast that they can do whatever they want. They engage in flattery uh, <clears throat> to get people to their side. And no one can tell them what to say. Nobody can tell us what to say, not even God. They lie, they boast, they plot, and they get their way. As another psalm says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now this can be very discouraging and intimidating if this is how we see things. To our unaided eyes, it may indeed seem and be defensible that wickedness is prevailing and God's kingdom is in retreat. It is a temptation for God's people to take the position, well, there's nothing we can do. Let's keep our heads down, stay out of trouble, be safe. Let them have their way and pray that God will turn things around someday. Here, in, in our own country, uh, the worst that may happen to us, any of us in this room, is uh, some friends may decide, they don't want to be our friends, uh, we may be passed up for promotions because we don't fit the, uh, the company style, uh, may even be canceled. Uh, but if you live in a country like China, uh, where you get social points, for how well you conform to the party line, uh, you may not be able to get a decent job. Your children may not be able to get into decent schools. You might even find yourself in a re-education camp, uh, providing slave labor for the regime. <clears throat> These things happen, are happening. That's how things seem. That's looking at the world language of uh, Ecclesiastes under the sun. But is that the whole picture? Of course not. So we need to look at the reality, point number two. The reality that we see when we lift our eyes heavenward and see by faith the throne of God, the rule of God, and open our Bibles and find the truth of God. See by faith. The foundations are not destroyed. What do we read in Psalm 2, verses 1 through 3? Why do the nations rage? Why do kings and rulers uh, seek to throw off the rule of Yahweh and his anointed king?
sacrifice to the anointed uh, king. Test the righteous, verse 5. He tests us. Look up. Using the image that Peter uses in 1 Peter 1, it's necessary for you to be tried at this time, that your faith, which is more precious than gold, purified, your gold is purified in the smoke of it. The Lord tests his people to strengthen us in our faith, in our allegiance to him. And the promises, they will see his face. The Lord promises that those who love him, who love righteousness, who seek to be righteous for his sake, will see his face. Do we have technical difficulties? We have some technical challenges. Mind trying this mic? Saying your battery was dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still ticking. Okay. Well, should I start from the beginning? <laughs> Am I on now? <laughs> I love it when these things happen. I spent 30 years without any amplification. Never had a problem. <laughs> Are we on? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, I don't know where we were. All right. <clears throat> it is the promise of God that the righteous, and by the way, who are the righteous? Those who are good enough to earn his love and favor? Now, the righteous are those sinners who know they are sinners, who throw themselves on God's mercy in Christ. And being declared righteous in justification, seek with the help of the Holy Spirit to actually be righteous in their thoughts and in their words and in their conduct. Confessing sin and repenting when they fail at this. But always being renewed by the Lord and desiring and seeking to be his righteous people. That's the righteous. And we will see his face. We will live in the light of his face. We will glory with joy in the presence of the Lord. 1 John 3, 2, wonderful verse. Right now we're already the children of God. But it's not yet apparent what we shall be. That is, we can't see clearly what, what it means that we'll be transformed when Christ comes again. But we know this. That when he comes again, we will see him as he is and be made like him in glory. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful?
Can we trust this promise? Can we trust this promise with our lives? That's a question, especially for Christians who are being persecuted. Yes. In contrast to the liars of this world, the Lord's words are as pure as silver refined seven times. Chapter 12, verse 6. Now that's pure. Uh, I'm not an expert at metallurgy, especially not the refining of things, putting a stone pot in, in the ground. It's a very primitive way of smelting. But you'd think, well, a couple of times through the fire, the dross being burned off two, three times maybe, you'd have some pretty pure silver. But no, a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, a seventh time. And that is how pure and trustworthy the words of God are that he has given to us in his word. Do the wicked strut about and seem to get away with it? Oh yeah. Do people praise and reward what is vile in God's eyes? They certainly do. Think of the wealth of wicked entertainers. They could buy whole countries with their wealth. The reward for their wickedness. But Christian, trust God's word. God's word tells us what is real. Not just what seems to be real. But above and beyond and surrounding and underneath what we see with these eyes. And what we might follow if we follow the news. Is the reality of the living God. His son Jesus Christ who has triumphed over the devil. And is even now subduing his enemies by the power of the Holy Spirit. To become children of the living God trusting in him for salvation is even now frustrating the aims and purposes of the wicked, who would be much more wicked if he were not on his throne restraining evil in this world. This is God's word that gives us the true view of reality. So what should we do? Well, not run away and hide. Oh, but you see, there's our Lord saying in Matthew 10, 23, in that chapter where he commissions his disciples, his immediate disciples, to go out and preach and heal and cast out demons in his name. Uh, Matthew 10, and in the verses that follow in the chapter, it's clear he's talking about the church throughout this age. And he says, if they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. Well, I would call this tactical retreat to continue the fight. Like David retreating from Absalom's army, he wasn't surrendering. He was retreating tactically to gain a better position and to gather forces uh, to himself and then to launch his own attack, which he did and in which he prevailed. Tactical retreat to continue the battle. Our Lord said in that same chapter, Matthew 10, little flock, or uh, I send you out 
a sheep among wolves. <laughs> Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Uh, that's a very cheering and encouraging uh, picture, isn't it? Being sheep among wolves. Uh, but at the end of the book, he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Our business is not to take over the government for Christ, or even try to. Our business is to preach Christ, to preach Christ boldly, to live boldly in agreement with his word, to confront the lies and the evil of God, with God's truth clearly spoken, but also spoken with humility and love, not to be bellicose and warlike, but to be models of grace, displaying the likeness of our Savior's love. To call people to repent and to surrender in faith to Christ without apology. To live what we proclaim by grace and with grace. The language of Psalm 11, what can the righteous do? Nothing in their own power or wisdom. But God is not limited. He conquers with his word and spirit. With God, all things are possible. Mark 10, 27. And the promise of Jesus in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So brothers and sisters, be bold for Christ. Don't fear what people will think about you. But don't be puffed up and arrogant and give them reason to think you're a jerk and, and then call it persecution. Love your enemies. Pray for those who treat you badly and present Christ to them with clarity. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you brought David or whoever did write these psalms through great trials and difficulties in life. It exposed him to enemies who sought earnestly to end his life, to bring him down. But you not only preserved him, you also by the Holy Spirit led him to give us the testimony of these psalms. And so write their encouraging message on our hearts, O Lord. Help us to be able to pay attention to the events of the day in which we live, not to be discouraged or to be angry, but to realize how much the world around us needs Christ and needs the gospel, and to exert ourselves uh, to make that known. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.